What is up, guys? Nick Script live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, P2W Fantasy Podcast. Been a little bit since I've been live. Change in living situation. Wi-Fi is a little spotty, so I'm hoping I get through this stream without uh, going in and out or, or looking fuzzy or sounding a certain way. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Got some free time today, so I want to dive into some NFL news. I want to talk about free agency, which is coming up next week. First and foremost, if you are not part of the P2W Fantasy Patreon, definitely go and check that out. There's so much offered in that fantasy discord, so many different categories that has content in their rankings, everything you're looking for in one spot. We're active in there. Five bucks a month, it's well worth it, uh, especially with what you're getting out of it. But if you do play to win, uh, go check out my profile. It's got the link for that. Definitely recommend it. Uh, I, I bust my ass for that stuff. But tune in. Stick with us. Here's that, uh, that cool intro. Uh, I play the win, no fear to give. I feel what I can't forgive. I go all in this time. Yeah, I won't regret. I'll pick the best on trip. They don't understand. I play the win. Yeah, I play the win. I play the win. Yeah, yeah, I play the win. I play the win. Oh, I play the win. I play the win. Yeah, yeah, I play the win. I play the win. All right, let's get it. Let's get it. First thing we have to talk about, obviously, here is the Bears-Panthers trade. And by trade, uh, I have two E's on the screen because it can't ever type. And it's back up there as spell right. So Bears-Panthers trade. Chicago gets number nine at number 61, a 2024 first, which could be a good first because I don't think the Panthers are going to be good this year. A 2025 second and DJ Moore. Super, super excited about that haul. Like whenever somebody says uh, this team can get a haul for a player or for a pick, that is the definition right there. That is what gets a deal done. Ryan Poles, the GM, as a Bears fan, as a football fan, I was very much on the fence about how I felt about him. Uh, didn't really show us too much this past off season. He, he was pretty conservative in my opinion. But we're looking at what they got here. And I think he fucking smoked it. I think he did a great job. Uh, DJ Moore on the team. I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. I have a DJ Moore jersey, a signed helmet. Like, I'm all about DJ Moore. He's been one of my favorite players in the league. And now he's on the Bears. Just un unreal. Uh, Justin Fields gets his alpha. DJ Moore gets his quarterback. DJ Moore, the, the DJ Moore that's had four years of 118-plus targets, uh, three seasons over 1,100 receiving yards, four top 25 finishes for fantasy. This guy's done very, very well in the league despite having poor situations. And now you get a quarterback. And I believe in Justin Fields, and I believe in him as a passer. He was a good prospect. If you go and look at his his uh, per-game stats, he was a, a good passer at Ohio State. And a lot of people will say, well, like the Bears, they didn't throw the ball a lot last year, right? They were one of the lowest passing offenses in the league. Well, when you have a shit O-line and your wide receiver core is Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle, you're not going to be a high-passing offense. So the Bears last season, who were in a lot of one-score games, didn't throw the ball a lot because they had a highly athletic quarterback who can get it done with his legs a lot. They tried to establish the run, but also, like, what did you expect them to do? They didn't have good people to throw the ball to. Even Mooney was out for a good chunk of the season. Chase Claypool, 
really didn't do much. He wasn't around for the full duration. He was actually a Chicago Bear. Um, I'm all about this trade, and, I, and I'm all about DJ Moore taking a step up in fantasy. This is an upgrade for DJ Moore. It, it, it is an upgrade for DJ Moore. Justin Fields, it was always Justin Fields' season. Now it's even more Justin Fields' season because he has an actual wide receiver one. And this is good for Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, not in the fantasy sense, but in the real-life football sense because now neither one of those guys has the demand to be the wide receiver one on this team because neither one of them should be a wide receiver one on any football team. But also, neither one of them has to be weekly the wide receiver two. These guys can trade off for that role. So if, if Mooney and Chase, uh, Chase Claypool fluctuate between being that team's wide receiver two and three, I think for them, for from a football standpoint, it's actually a good thing. So Justin Fields, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in redraft leagues. I mean, for sure, you're probably, I mean, you're probably going to take Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts over Justin Fields. After that, I think it's debatable. Maybe you say Joe Burrow with, you know, a, uh, Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Maybe you start tossing another quarterback's name on the list that maybe, you know, maybe if Justin Herbert gets another weapon, maybe you're like, ah, I'm, I'm more in on Herbert. I'm very in on fields. I love this for DJ Moore. This was a great piece of news. All right, we'll go to Tua. I dropped a video. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Twitter. I won't go through everything I said about Tua in that video, but ironically, and you can check the timestamps, I dropped it on Twitter like 15 minutes before the news broke that Miami was picking up his fifth year. So this pretty much says to us, hey, like all these ridiculous rumors that, you know, maybe Tom Brady's coming back. He, he likes Miami. You know, maybe Lamar Jackson's a big trade target of Miami. I think it puts those to rest. I think it also tells us that Miami does want Tua to be their franchise guy and in, in, in the leader of their offense for the future. And I had all these statistics in that video. I won't dive through them, but I, I had uh, just just P2W data. You know, it's stuff I put together in Excel, but I, I showed how Tua this past season when healthy had high upside traits in the passing department when it came to the percentage of games played with 300 plus passing yards, when it came to the percentage of games played with three plus passing touchdowns, super efficient in the red zone. For fantasy, 18.38 points per game, which is tied for QB9 in points per game. Four top five weekly finishes in 13 games. Uh, we're looking at Tyreek Hill. We're looking at Jalen Waddle. Two guys that are top 10 in yards after the catch. Two guys that are top um, receiving wide receivers in the league. Both had 1,300 plus receiving yards. These are guys that you needed a quarterback just to put the ball in their hands. And Tua, based off of many accuracy metrics, again, it's in that video, is that guy. And I think that looking at him have a true like eight and four record this past season and games he played in full, we, we, we often knock the guy just because he had some, some injury concerns. And is that a concern for the future? Sure. But at the same time, like we don't need to do this all the time. Uh, you forgot to invite me, bitch. That's what Kevin in the comments says. Um, I don't like nobody. I don't like nobody. So I'm doing these, these streams solo. I wasn't even supposed to do this stream, but fuck it. Here we are. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, obviously a talking point. Uh, it's been Baltimore two years of them trying to work out a deal. I was listening to Adam Schefter speaking on, you know, teams being out. And he's like, I don't blame some of these teams because it seems like Baltimore is like, hey, we can't get this job done. Let's put the non-exclusive tag on him so that other people can make him offers. So whatever looks nice 
on paper to him from these other teams, we're going to match that. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think Baltimore wants him there. They just haven't been able to, to reach the deal that both sides want. Uh, he should be paid a lot. Obviously, he's going to be want to be paid a lot. Um, you know, Las Vegas is interesting when we're looking at other teams post Derek Carr departure. You know, I think Lamar Jackson, regardless of where he is at, is a top five upside quarterback. But let's say he's in a different, you know, scene. Let's say he's in a place like Las Vegas where he has his Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, but now he's got Devonta Adams. He's got an alpha, true wide receiver one for the first time in his career, plus that massive rushing upside. Now, instead of saying, you know what, he's got top five upside, we're saying he's got QB1 for sure upside. Like, can he be the QB1 in Baltimore overall for fantasy? Sure, he's going to flirt with that just based off of the rushing, right? And maybe maybe they add somebody in free agency. Maybe Rashad Bateman uh, has his breakout season. You know, Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. But if he's in a system that is a little bit more friendly with the actual solidified weapons, it, that, that could be scary for Lamar Jackson. So wherever he's going to be at for fantasy, top five upside. But it could be scary if he does land in a place like like the Raiders that has more weapons than you know, Rashad Bateman, which I, I like Bateman, but big question mark in, in Mark Andrews. Next on the list, Aaron Rodgers. Don't really like the guy, but we'll talk about the guy. Um, lots of reports have come out. You know, the, the one I took note of the other day was Ian uh, Rappaport uh, spoke and said, you know, Jets executives and Sala, the head coach, traveled to Cali and left thinking it was a successful meeting with Aaron Rodgers. There was true optimism following that meeting. So, you know, that to me said a lot. Also to me, uh, when we're looking at this, this Roger situation with the Jets, um, there's been other news that came out stating that, you know, they're, they're freeing up certain space on, on their team. And when people are uh, freeing up space the way that they are, uh, it's always an indicator. It should be an indica indicator like, hey, these guys are, are trying to make a big move and they need some money to do that. And that's going to be the case for uh, Aaron Rodgers. But with uh, when we look at the Jets system, you know, is it better than Green Bay? I mean, when we look at Green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers coming off the season where he had career lows in in, in multiple uh, categories. Uh, we're looking at a guy that, that looks like he took a, a step backwards. And you also might say, hey, well, like, look at what he had to deal with. You know, Alan, Alan Lazard is that a team's true wide receiver one. Christian Watson was a bit banged up. Um I look at this Jets system and I and I see the the upside we saw in small glimpses out of two guys. All right, it, it's a small sample size, but two guys, Mike White and Joe Flacco. Again, a, a, an upside metric that I look at for quarterbacks is the percentage of games played that a quarterback has thrown for three hundred plus passing yards. Mike White did that in two out of four games, so fifty percent. Joe Flacco in two out of five games, forty percent. So if you combine both of those guys, we're looking at. Um, four games, right? Four total games out of nine. And with that sort of system of having a true, true young talent in Garrett Wilson, that has shown us like plenty. And we also have the the likes of Elijah Moore. I'm still hanging on a hope there. Uh, Brees Hall uh, upon his recovery. Corey Davis is still there. Uh, I, I think there is some more upside to have in this system. So for fantasy, Rodgers, is he going to jump up if he does go to the Jets to a, a top five quarterback? Probably, probably not, but I would say low QB1 range would, would be fair after the season that he had. I'd say 9 to 12 range, even with, you know, getting getting Garrett Wilson and having some of those other guys in the the system. Got people walking in trying to 
trying to mess me up here. Next was Danny Dimes. I want to mention a four-year deal, $160 million. The preseason thought was, hey, like Brian Dable played this role with Josh Allen in development. And we saw the, the impact he had on him. Could he have the same sort of impact on Danny Dimes taking a step forward? And if you reflect on the season, the answer is yes. Career year in fantasy points is a top 10 overall quarterback. Uh, career year in these categories as well, completions, completion percentage, rushing uh, yards, rushing touchdowns, and he threw the least amount of interceptions in his career. So we are looking at a guy that was a top five rushing quarterback who looks a little competent now. I, I think that the playbook and the system that they ran was geared towards, hey, we're going to make, you know, we're going to utilize this guy's rushing upside, but also we're going to have him, you know, not have to chuck the ball down the field tons and tons of times per game. And they were successful. We're looking at a team that was four and 13 the year prior from Brian Dable to a team now that was nine, seven and one and won a playoff game. Uh, I think that obviously the Giants need to go and make steps forward for uh, building this offense. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is going to be back for at least another season. That That's that's good to see, but they're losing and it's nothing crazy, but they're losing Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Richie James. Isaiah Hodgins is floating there. Wondell Robinson uh, on his breakout game tore that ACL. It was just unreal that that happened. You know, I, I'm hoping he comes back strong. But Danny Dimes, 18.39 fantasy points per game this season, top 10 quarterback for fantasy. Imagine they add a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba, or they add somebody big from free agency that's going to help a lot. Geno Smith, uh, three-year, $105 million. He's back in Seattle, 17 games played. Uh, the last time he played 14 games was 2014, so quite the comeback for him, comeback player of the year. Finished the, uh, the season as the uh, as a top-five quarterback, 18.52 points per game. Top 10 in passing attempts, deep ball attempts, red zone attempts, passing yards, air yards, yards per attempt, QBR, passing touchdowns. Uh, a super cool 69.8% for his completion percentage. Tyler Lockett and DK were both heavily utilized in top 16 fantasy wide receivers. Uh, a little bit of rushing upside for Geno, nothing crazy, but he, he, again, is throwing the ball to DK Lockett, Fant. He has uh, Kenneth Walker in the backfield. Six top 10 fantasy weeks. I think Geno balances fantasy teams, but I don't think he's going to win you your league by any stance. But good for him. He deserves that bag. Derek Carr. So Derek Carr in uh, New Orleans, top five quarterback in air yards and deep ball attempts. He gets paired with a top five <clears throat> wide receiver in deep ball or deep targets and number eight in air yards with Chris Alave. So we're looking at a guy who was very good in two categories paired with a guy that was also like pretty good in these two categories. That's drawn some hype. Michael Thomas, he had 17, 25 receiving yards back in 2019, but has played 10 total games since. Not sure what he, you know, what, what it's going to look like for him. Um, it sounds like they want to bring him back and want to keep him involved, I guess. I guess he's not going to be a free agent, uh, but they want to keep him on the team. But that makes sense. If they're going to go make this move for Derek Carr, why would they like go into a rebuild mode or something like that? So it kind of makes me think about Juwan Johnson, who was a touchdown machine for the Saints. And if they're going to try and bring him back, because he had a pretty good season and, and kind of surprised uh, a bunch of people. But Looking at Carr from a fantasy perspective, he's been a quarterback one once, and he's thrown for 30-plus touchdowns once. Uh, nothing there for the rushing upside. So to me, if Derek Carr is your starting quarterback for fantasy, you must be absolutely stacked up everywhere else. Because, again, I said it with Geno, but Geno actually just showed us a top-five season. You know, you can't rely on on, on him to, to win you your league. 
Carr is, is more to me as a streaming quarterback. So it's fine to say there's upgrades in the system with him being the quarterback. We can say, hey, Chris Alave gets a bump. Perfectly fine, but it doesn't always mean that the quarterback himself gets a bump. Then last on the list, uh, I just want to mention Jimmy G. Two things with Jimmy G. I won't even go into his stats or anything. I mean, he's done well with the 49ers, but also we're looking at a system that is built with beasts that uh, in the yards after catch department. Again, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. These are guys that if you put them all in their hands, they are gaining the extra yards. So, uh, again, look at Jimmy G. Look at Brock Purdy. Are they lights out quarterbacks? I don't know. I, I think they're more just accurate quarterbacks that have weapons in their system. So Christian McCaffrey, too, that put the ball in their hands, they they get the yards. But I, I see a pattern. I want to note, you know, post Andrew Luck, we got Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback. We got Phillip Rivers as a quarterback. Carson Wentz is a quarterback. Matt Ryan is a quarterback. Is it now Jimmy G to be the Colts starting running back, uh, running back quarterback? I would say that there's a chance that that happens, but I think it's more likely that they go and draft a quarterback in this draft. Maybe they go out and try to get like a Will Levis and they bring in Jimmy G who might open up the season as a starter or be that veteran in their system. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned the Raiders too, just because Josh McDaniels has some familiarity with Jimmy G back in the Patriots days. So is that a thing? Does uh, McDaniels try to bring in Jimmy G? That's to be determined. Saquon Barkley, so go, go to some uh, <clears throat> running backs here. Franchise tag placed on Barkley at a top five fantasy finish this past season, 17.8 points per game, four top five PPR weeks. He had a career year in rushing yards, 1,312. So that was big, seeing, again, a new coach, new system. Saquon Barkley finally healthy, career year in rushing yards. Second highest number of receptions, so he has that PPR dual threat upside double-digit touchdowns, second-highest snap share in the league with 79.9%. He had the second-most breakaway uh, runs as well, and that's something to throw out there just to show that, hey, he's healthy. He looked healthy. Uh, he's got true running back one upside for this coming year. He's easily a top-five running back. Look at his receiving touchdowns department, and you'll see a zero. So he has more he can do in just that category, which equals more fantasy points, which equals even a better finish. Uh, he also didn't get a ton of red zone work. He had 38 touches in the red zone, so that likely can change as well in this Giants offense. So we're looking at a top five guy that can improve in two categories, Saquon Barkley back with the Giants. Now we'll go into a bunch of free agents. I'll run through some stuff and maybe some predictions on where they might land. And if I hit on one of them, I'll just like clip this podcast and try to look super cool and knowledgeable, even though I probably missed some like 30 other ones. First one will be Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders, <clears throat> he wants to be back in Philly. He's voiced that on social media. He had a career high 1,269 rushing yards, career high 11 touchdowns, but he did have a career low in receptions and receiving yards. He averaged 12.8 fantasy points per game. So that's okay, but nothing quite special there. Uh, both. I'm thinking here, both of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert are set to be free agents. They combined for five top 12 weeks in Miami. Could it be the case where Miami looks to bring in Miles Sanders and maybe draft a running back in the later rounds? Because I don't think that uh, this offense is going to have a true workhorse. You know, I think a lot of people wanted it to be like Barkley or something like that. Uh, but I think Miami, looking at Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, um, Mike McDaniel, like the system that he runs, I could see Miles Sanders being a Dolphin one day. And that's something I think um, is a possibility because I, I'm not sure that the Eagles will necessarily uh, bring him back. Probably like a running back two, 
right around to what he did this past season. Next guy I want to talk about, David Montgomery from my Bears. I don't think the Bears are going to bring him back. Uh, he had a pretty mediocre year, especially in fantasy, finishing in the 20s for the position. He averaged 11.1 points per game. He had career lows in rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. Not super efficient in any aspect. I'm not sure what the reason Chicago would have to bring him back. But I also want to note for all these people that think that Khalil Herbert is like this workhorse running back, I don't think he is. I think he's a good complement running back. I don't think that he is going to be this like 2022 touch uh, running back in 2023. I think the people that voice that all the time are the people that have them on their dynasty rosters and like power to you for that. But I don't think Khalil Herbert is a true workhorse running back. So it'll be interesting to see what Chicago does. Draft capital, they still have a lot of money to spend. Uh, looking at Monty, the, the place that I can see him fitting in is the Carolina Panthers. And and maybe maybe you say like, well, wouldn't they have included Montgomery in the deal somehow or something like that? I, I don't think so. But I, I look at <clears throat> I look at Deonta Foreman and what he did this past season. Deonta Foreman was this big bodied running back for the early down work. He had some big rushing days in Carolina, five games of a hundred plus rushing yards. I think David Montgomery just kind of like fits that mold of like that that early down, like big body, tough running back that Deonta Foreman was, who will not be on the Panthers next season. So that's my prediction for him. Devin Singletary, you know, we could dive into a lot of stuff with him. He finished 2021 super strong for both fantasy and for the Bills in general. Uh, in 2023, uh, 10.5 points per game, nothing special uh, outside the top 20 for running backs in fantasy. I think what stands out for Singletary is the yards per carry efficiency. And I think that goes more hand in hand for him being a complement piece in an offense, not a workhorse running back. So a team that kind of comes to mind for Devin Singletary is the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason being is I think they are building a younger core on their offense. I can see them cutting ties with Patterson. And now you got Tyler Algier, who's going to be entering his sophomore season. I think him paired with Devin Singletary is like that complement piece, change of pace running back. I think that makes sense to me. Uh, and Atlanta is going to be a team that continues to kind of mold and shape their offense. But I don't think that they're going to bring in somebody to completely take over the running back one role. I can see them bringing in a Devin Singletary to complement Tyler Algier, who are they're two different running backs, right, at the end of the day. Leonard Fournette, Lombardi, Lenny was released. Rashad White managers are, are going crazy about this news. I, I think Tampa ends up bringing in another running back to take some of that work, but we'll see what happens there. But back-to-back -back seasons is a top tw 12 running back, even despite him being number 19 in snap share this season. You know, this has primarily been guided by the heavy receiving work he's had from Tom Brady, 73 and 69 receptions the last two seasons. He was a little banged up this year. He split some work. What if what if Lenny goes from working with a 2022 rookie running back in Tampa with Rashad White to working with someone else from the same class elsewhere? So I'm hinting at Lombardi, Lenny, Leonard Fournette potentially being a Buffalo Bill with James Cook. Because you have to think, a contender is going to want Leonard Fournette. We're not going to have a rebuilding offense that's going to go after Leonard Fournette just because they need a running back. I think Buffalo fits that category. I, I look at James Cook, and I think he's going to grow in that offense. But I think that bringing in a Leonard Fournette, who can take some of the pass catching, who can take some of the, the red zone work, punch 
punch us, some touchdowns in for the Buffalo Bills makes sense to me because, again, this is a team that always seems like so short. You know, they're so close to contending on a year. I, I think Leonard Fournette is a guy that can come in for Buffalo and, and be that one-two punch with James Cook. Rashad Penny, nothing but injured, it seems like, most of his career. But across his last seven games played with 50% plus of the snaps, Penny has averaged 129.86 rushing yards, 1.14 touchdowns, and 21.3 fantasy points. So seven sample size game, obviously that's small, but it also shows like, hey, like Rashad Penny, good and healthy, is good at football and fantasy. Um He's not played over 10 games since his rookie season. That was back in 2018. So, you know, seeing a guy that's never played 14 games, it's risky. But I saw something on Twitter the other day, and I thought it was interesting. What if what if the Eagles, right, they let Miles Sanders walk? They have Kenny Gainwell in the system. They're not going to emphasize the running back, you know, completely. What if they bring in like a Rashad Penny, the Eagles? Because obviously Jalen Hurts is going to take a bunch of the rushing um, attempts. We have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Uh, we can have Gainwell as that that other piece in the backfield. But what, what if we got this uh, Rashad Penny flair coming out of the, the Eagles backfield? I thought that was something interesting. Damian Harris, uh, 11 and 10 games played in 2022 and 2020. 2021, though, he was 71 sh uh, yards shy of 1,000 rushing yards, but saw his fantasy value in his 15 touchdown score that season. We look to 2022, Ramondre Stevenson. It was his show in New England, and they also had two young rookies in the mix, so I, I doubt that they have any interest in bringing him back. Uh, people have spoken in the past about Doug Peterson's committee running back rooms. He just said at the combine, you have to have two to three guys. So basically he told us, Doug Peterson, that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to add somebody and it needs to be somebody that brings something different than Travis Etienne. So if I had a guess on a team that is going to bring in a running back, I would say Damian Harris might be a guy you can think about landing in Jacksonville. And is he going to be a guy that you can put in your fantasy football lineups? Probably not, but is he, you know, a guy that's going to be a good handcuff and occasionally punch in some touchdowns? Could be the case for Damian Harris. Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt, a tidbit from a recent NBC article from Matthew Barry noted that Hunt was a Denver target. I could definitely see that happening, especially with their running back room being empty. Right now it's Javante Williams who is having a mixture of reports come out about his health. Uh, they just released Chase Edmonds, who I just roasted myself about uh, on Twitter the other day. Really inefficient year for Kareem Hunt with his carries as well as his yards per catch. He does have three seasons as a top 12 running back under his belt. He had that insane rookie season, 1,327 rushing yards and 53 receptions. Typically a guy in the 30s now for, for catches, but if we look at the Denver system, I think that they are going to want to shape their team so that they can be competitive this season, right? Uh, bringing in Sean Payton, that, that, that says a lot. We want Russell Wilson to have a, a year two in Denver uh, trend up. Javante Williams, we're not sure. Is he going to be ready week one? Is he going to play at all next season or anything in between? There's a lot of different reports coming out saying different things about him, and they have no other running backs in the system. So what do you do if you're Denver? You bring in another running back that's a, that's a veteran, and Kareem Hunt is a veteran. Last running back on the list, last running back on the list, Jamal Williams. So, if you combined all of his touchdowns, his rushing touchdowns from 2017 through uh, 2021, that would be four short 
of the 17 touchdowns he had this past season. Very James Conner-esque, touchdown-guided season. He had career highs in rushing yards. He was number two in red zone touches. That's what really pushed him to having a super relevant year. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if, if he's a guy that's ever going to be super, super involved in the passing game. Uh, but I feel like when it comes to Jamal Williams, what, what what's going to happen with his future? I think that <clears throat> he meant a lot to this Detroit team. I still am a firm believer that DeAndre Swift is going to have a breakout season. And I think that breakout season could be this year coming, especially with Detroit continuing to build their offense. I think Jamal Williams brings so much energy to this team. I think he brings the touchdown upside, the goal line work. I think he's going to be back in Detroit. I think that Detroit is going to make it a point to bring back Jamal Williams. Jacoby Myers, 95 targets in 14 games this past season, 126 targets in 17 games the last two seasons, or two seasons ago. 800-plus yards in both of his last two seasons. He upped his yards per uh, game across the last two seasons, and he upped his touchdowns this year. He had six touchdowns. Averaged 12.9 points per game in 2022. He had 10 games of 14-plus fantasy points the last two seasons. If you had a survey, like, who is going – out of this wide receiver free agency class, who is going to get that Christian Kirk bag? And I'm not saying like the exact same money Christian Kirk had. I'm not saying, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. I'm just saying like somebody that's going to be paid a lot of money and a bunch of people will say like, holy shit, like Jacoby Myers got paid that. I think that's going to be the case for him. And originally when I was taking notes, I said, Chicago's got all this money. Jacoby Myers makes sense. Now it doesn't make sense, right? They just got DJ Moore. I mean, could could Jacoby Myers be the second best wide receiver on the Bears right now? Absolutely, but it's not necessarily a need. I mean, they could, they might go and draft one, but I'm going to say with Jacoby Myers, a team is going to have to pay him a lot. You know who who that team is going to be right now is is very much up for grabs. I think I think it's going to have to be somebody that uh, creates enough cap space. I found it interesting today to uh, see that. Um, the Chargers, and they've actually done that for uh, the last week or so now. The Chargers have been moving money around. I wonder if that would make sense to Kobe Myers being uh, on that Chargers offense with Justin Herbert, having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. That'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Michael Thomas kind of mentioned him before with Derek Carr. I, I think they're going to bring him back. If they're going to uh, you know, go and make this Derek Carr move, I think they want to go out and try to compete right away. Chris Olave in his sophomore season. Alvin Kamara, I don't know what his status is going to be like, but Michael Thomas, um, obviously 17-25 receiving yards in 2019. He averaged 23.4 fantasy points per game. That was like super, super good and great. It's been a long time since 2019, though. It's 2023, so he hasn't played in a long time. But um, with the Saints being aggressive and what they did for Carr, I can see them being aggressive and saying, hey, Michael Thomas looks good. He's healthy. Let's go. Let's get after this. Uh, it's super risky in fantasy to trust him 100%, but – when all is said and done, like you can question, like, hey, everybody's hyping up Chris Olave. Could Michael Thomas be the leader in the targets? I'm just <clears throat> speaking things that could be, uh, you know, a thing into into um, possibility there. Odell Beckham Jr. missed all of 2022 after suffering the ACL tear in the Super Bowl. Uh, there's been videos of him working out. He had the the his own like little combine the other day. Reports have suggested that the Cowboys would be interested. It's you know unclear if Dalton Schultz will be back, but I don't think he will be back. Just seeing that they just tagged Tony Pollard, uh, 
and they'd have to pay him a decent amount of money. Dalton Schultz would be interesting as well to see where he goes. I don't think they're sold on Michael Gallup as their wide receiver too. I know he came back from an injury, but you know, Odell Beckham, he was a big piece of that Rams offense when they had that Super Bowl uh, run in 2021. 21 catches for 288 yards and two touchdowns in that postseason that led to a Super Bowl. Odell Beckham Jr., what could he bring, bring for fantasy? I, I think if he's healthy, he's not young, obviously, but he could be a a uh, – I got people in the comments. I didn't even see my guy Travis. So what's up, man? What's up? Um I think he could be a wide receiver with, with with some flex appeal, with some flex upside, if he's in that Dallas offense. Otherwise, again, he's got to be a contender target. Next on the list, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I've seen plenty of rumors stating that the Chiefs will look to make a move to bring him back. James Palmer of NFL Network this week said that he expects that as well. He expects them to bring Juju Smith-Schuster back to the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs. Over 100 targets in 2022, 933 receiving yards, just three touchdowns, which was super disappointing. Wasn't a major year for Juju, in all honesty. Um, four top 10 fantasy weeks in 2022, 11.6 fantasy points per game. He finished as the wide receiver 27 for the full season. Mikkel Hardman's out of the mix. MVS is like not this big factor. But keep in mind, outside of the alpha and Travis Kelsey, what is going to be the the roles in the development of both Kadarius Tony, who they went out and grabbed, and Sky Moore, who they went out and drafted? I mean, those are two things that are going to potentially play a factor in Juju. I think for fantasy, I think for fantasy, he should finish around the same that he did this past season. Could he grow with Patrick Mahomes and they have this big development in their relationship? Like maybe, maybe. But seeing what he did this past season, I don't think anything like screams like, "Hey, you know what." Year two in this offense, he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. I also want to note that Baltimore had some interest in the past for Juju. So I could see the Ravens coming in and saying, hey, you know what? Let's toss something out there towards him because we had this interest in him in the past. And then if we think about it, let's say hypothetically, they have enough cap space to bring Lamar Jackson back. They have Rashad Bateman. They have uh, Mark Andrews and they have Juju in the slot. I think that's a bit different of an offense. Next on the list, uh, Alan Lazard, uh, 6'5", 227, touted as a good blocker. Career year, technically, he caught 60 of his 100 targets for 788 yards and six touchdowns. Wide receiver, 35, he averaged 11.7 uh, points per game. I think what a lot of people need to realize with Alan Lazard is that he was the wide receiver one for most of the season in an Aaron Rodgers led offense, but he wasn't anything too crazy for fantasy. Like he had some decent games uh, at the end of the day. And I think he just had such a great opportunity that I don't see where, you know, his move is going to elevate him like crazy for fantasy. I don't know what, what spot he can land in that people are going to be like, this is major for Alan Lazard's fantasy stock. He just had Aaron Rodgers on a team that did not have a ton of competition for the wide receiver group. I mean, Christian Watson had his big games, but he was, he was also banged up for a bunch of the season. He was also like learning a lot too. You know, I mentioned before, and I'll mention this other guy uh, later, but I think like New England being a big pass blocking wide receiver, I think that's interesting. But again, I'm not as, as interested as other people are in, in Alan Lazard because I don't see, um, you know, the the upstick in, in a situation. He just had Aaron Rodgers as, as his quarterback. Uh, next on the list, uh, Mecole Hardman. Miko Hardman, uh, weeks five, six, seven, and nine, he, he showed us some fantasy life scoring 12, 13.2, 28, 19.9 fantasy points. 
Those games were guided by touchdowns. He spent weeks 10 through 18, though, injured. 693 receiving yards in 2021. He's never been inside the top 50 for fantasy. Uh, you can look and say, hey, this guy's had some decent games. He's got some big play ability. He's got some heavy receiving yard upside on his resume. He's only 24 years old, but similar to Alan Lazard. What situation is going to be like miles better? He just had Patrick Mahomes. They they looked at me, Cole Hardman, and they said, hey, you know what? This guy's been on our team, but we're going to go and, and get Kadarius Tony. We're going to go and draft Sky Moore. We're going to go and bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that said a lot about me, Cole Hardman, whether people want to realize that or not. I'm going to go with the, the Browns, though. I think the Browns is a decent landing spot. Obviously, DPJ brings a ton of speed, and Joku is that freak athletic tight end. Uh, Cooper is the alpha. So if you add another wide receiver to stretch the field, for Deshaun Watson, I think Miko Hardman not having to have like a huge demand and what he's going to have to do there, but you know, have those big play um, games, I, I think is, is something that Cleveland's going to look into. I got two more wide receivers, and then we're going to cut this. What we at? Thirty six minutes. All right, I'm rolling. Uh, DJ Shark banged up season in Detroit, but he had four weeks over fourteen fantasy points. He had games of ninety eight, ninety four, and one hundred eight receiving yards. So that flashed twenty nineteen, a thousand receiving yard DJ Shark. If we look at New York, they're likely going to let Richie James, Darius Slayton, and Sterling Shepard walk. I feel like Chark could be a better Darius Slayton in this offense. We got a, a 6'4", big play vertical wide receiver for Daniel Jones. To me, it makes sense for uh, the Giants. I don't think they're going to have to throw DJ Chark the bag, but I think he plays that Darius Slayton role, but maybe to an even better extent. In this case, I think there would be some upside for Chark as a flex play in a more consistent sense. And then last, uh, Adam Thielen, uh, released by the, the Vikings, wide receiver 29 and 28 the last two seasons, following that big 2020 season where he was the wide receiver 10. Uh, 2018 and 2017, he was also a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. For those years, he had some good receiving yard numbers in those specific seasons. He had double-digit touchdowns in 2021 and 2020, which is wild. In 2021, he only played 13 games. Nine weeks outside the top 40 for the position this season. 32 years old. I think it's starting to actually look like he's 32 with Adam Thielen. So who is going to want Adam Thielen? I think somebody picks him up on a one-year deal. I said it with Alan Lazard, and I'll say the same thing with Adam Thielen. I can see Bill Belichick being like, man, you know what? These are these are big, tough, hard-nosed, good-blocking wide receivers. I want them in my system. To me, Adam Thielen in, in New England makes sense. Otherwise, it's going to have to be some sort of contender that still sees, you know, one, give me one good year, Adam Thielen. Give me one good year, and that's where he's going to end up landing. That'll do it, though, for this podcast. Uh, be sure, be sure to go check out the Patreon. Shit ton of content in there dropped every single day. It's growing. We have more contributors to the brand, and uh, I'm looking forward to building that P2W fantasy community. So go check that out. Five bucks a month, well worth your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend.